0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try to figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I am your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: Today, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 3, which is healthcare. Um, in this episode, we get some character development, mostly with two characters in particular, and we see that, but the focus of the episode is a decision on what health care plan the office is going with. So we open the episode with a meeting between Jan Levison-Gould, who is Michael's boss, and Michael. And Jan is trying to see which health care plan Michael has chosen. And Michael says he wants the best, the gold gold plan that covers everything and and, uh, just gives the employees the best possible health care, to which Jan responds that the point of this is to make this as cheap as possible. And this is where we see a conflict with what Michael's main motivation is, which is pleasing people.
1: Yeah, Michael has to be liked at all times, especially by his employees, who he considers to be his family and his best friends, uh, not always in that order. And so the fact that he is going to have to tell them that they're cutting benefits, essentially, is what he terms a suicide mission from Jan, and he farms out the task of picking a healthcare plan because he cannot fathom having any sort of negative emotion uh, being shown towards him by really anybody, but particularly in this instance, his employees.
0: Right. So he. kind of decides to delegate this task, and we will come back to that, but in kind of a response, a, a counter to the bad news that the employees are about to get, Michael has to put it on himself to bring them good news. So he says that there's going to be a surprise at the end of the day, And he goes out on a journey to try and find what that surprise is, because he does not have that in mind. He starts by going to a travel agency, and he wants to send everybody on an all-inclusive trip to Atlantic City. One where the bus ride there is free, the hotel room is comped. They get a bunch of chips for the casino, and all the food and drink is free as well. The travel agent tells him that, obviously, this does not exist.
1: (laughs) And he goes out in search of the surprise in response to the fact that Dwight, who he delegated the task of picking the health care plan to after Jim essentially said, no, give it to Dwight, sent out a memo, and that's when Michael burrowed himself into his office and then decided he needed to leave for, quote, a bunch of meetings, but really it was just trying to come up with a surprise in which he did not have to pay for any part of that surprise. Right.
0: He also calls someone who Might be his friend or an acquaintance of some sort. He seems somewhat familiar with this person. Yeah, someone
1: associated with the Lackawanna coal mine.
0: Right. And he asks about their mine shaft, and he says that it's a 300-foot drop, and the coal mine supervisor Says, well, I mean, yeah, it just goes into the earth, but it moves pretty slow.
1: It's just an elevator. Right.
0: <laughs> and and Michael's somehow makes it somehow thinks that this is a ride of some sort. And so he asks the coal mine supervisor if once you get to the bottom, is there like laser tag or something? <laughs> to which I'm like, how why would he think that? Like how? Would that even be a thought?
1: Right. Or fun for anybody.
0: (laughs) But just why would you think a coal mine shaft would, A, be like a ride where you're like the the Tower of Terror or something like that. Right. And that potentially has laser tag at the bottom.
1: Well, I feel like one of Michael's characteristics is that he always has rose colored glasses on and he just hopes against all odds that something will come together for him. And so this is truly uh, an instance where those characteristics are on display.
0: (laughs) Yes. So he returns to the office with ice cream sandwiches for everybody. So that's nice.
1: Yeah, which was going to be the big surprise in his mind until Stanley said, this can't be the big surprise. We've had a terrible day. Dwight's cutting our benefits, and Michael's like, no, 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 of course there's something bigger.
0: Right. So, as we said earlier, Michael delegated the task of picking the healthcare plan. He first goes to Jim, who says no, but that Dwight should do it, who quickly accepts
1: And the reason that Jim does not have any desire to pick the healthcare plan is, one, that's a pretty terrible task that doesn't fall to just your um, lower-level employee at Dunder Mifflin, but Jim also tells the camera crew that right now his job is just a job, but if he advanced any higher within the company, his job would become his career. And if Dunder Mifflin became his career, he would have to throw himself in front of a train, (laughs) Which it's funny to look back and watch this episode now with the hindsight of um, having seen the whole series because Jim does advance within the company and really around really it's the end of season two going into season three and four where he is more motivated to take on higher roles and he is selected by uh, Jan and Michael to take on more more tasks within the Dunder Mifflin system. So it's just interesting to see that change over time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, particularly, I assume it's from, one, aging,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to having um, a partner and maybe a family to provide for. Right. Um, but it's also very hard to tell how old the characters are. Um, within the office, Stanley... Phyllis and Michael are definitely older. Um, maybe Meredith, definitely Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Jim, Pam, Dwight, maybe Angela, Ryan, and Kelly, that they're younger in the sense of like maybe early, not early, but maybe late twenties to early thirties, like a range for all of them. Yeah. Um, there's a an episode I want to say it's in either seasons two or three where Pam indicates that she had been working at Dunder Mifflin for a couple years before Jim started. So it's difficult to tell where people are at in their lives um, as far as age and accomplishments and things like that.
0: Right. And that all kind of goes back to what we talked about last episode with Jim, where he just doesn't seem to be that motivated.
1: No. Not not very interested in getting a huge commission or growing his sales by any means. Right. But Dwight being assigned and accepting the role of picking the healthcare plan really shows the viewer a lot more about Dwight's personality.
0: For sure. He approaches this task with gusto. He makes sure that he can have a place in which to get all this done. So he asks Michael if he can use the conference room for an office, to which Michael says, yes. And Dwight's like, well, it'll be bigger than his. And I'm like, well, Michael's like, no, now you can't use that.
1: And he's only allowed to use it as a temporary workspace.
0: Right. Um, so we do we really see the the person that Dwight is, which is constantly trying to impress Michael. And is just over the top in a lot of different ways. Yes. And we see this on display in an interaction between him and Jim and Pam. So,
1: well, I was just—I don't know. Anything. I was just going to sum up that scene, which we don't
0: need to. Okay. So, interactions like this are going to be very common for Dwight as we proceed through the rest of this show. He often will allude to his family genetics and things of that nature, to where he just doesn't need the kind of luxuries of modern life.
1: Yeah. Learning more about the Shroop family and uh, Dwight's childhood is one of the more hilarious uh, threads of the show. And it really culminates in season nine of meeting more of his family and the people he grew up around. Um, and it has a very Amish German-Amish vibe to it, I would say.
0: So, in his task... So, in the process of completing his task, Dwight sends out a questionnaire for everyone to fill out, essentially asking them what diseases they have that need to be covered. Yes. To which... Maybe
1: he would be fired? I, yeah. At this point, I think he would be strongly reprimanded about confidentiality and um, privacy violations. Uh, maybe questionable, given his his tact in doing so. Sure. Um,
0: so, we'll give Dwight the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yes, here.
0: On this time.
1: <laughs> For sure.
0: So, as the episode progresses... And Dwight gets his questionnaires back. He comes out in a rage from his workspace because some people have not been, because some people have not taken this questionnaire all that seriously. And we learn, and we know this, because earlier we see Jim and Pam going over the diseases that they say they have. Uh, Jim says he has Ebola and Mad Cow. Yeah. And Pam wants to put down a disease in which her teeth turn into liquid and then go down her throat. So when Dwight comes out with his questionnaires he sees he says that the person has written down that they have hot dog fingers <laughs> and they're infected with like biological nano robots or something yeah, like that yeah
1: government nano killer robot disease
0: <laughs> and he accuses jim of writing this to which he you're getting into too
1: many details but you don't need to go down this rabbit at
0: Well, it gets back to the, it essentially gets to where they are sitting in the conference room, and Dwight's like, okay, I'm going to say a disease that you right. go down, because okay, no. that's where he gets from. Oh, right,
1: okay. Well, then, yeah, you can just say that the leads too. Mm-hmm.
0: All of this leads to a meeting held by Dwight in the conference room to where he reads off whatever somebody has written down. They have to raise their hand to say that they were the person that wrote it down. And in order to ensure that it is covered. And here is definitely where Dwight would have been fired.
1: Yeah, he's definitely crossed the line as far as uh, confidentiality and privacy around healthcare and medical matters, I would say, and and mandating that people um, raise their hand and declare that they have these certain ailments in order for it to be covered, which is not at all either how you would get a healthcare plan. Um, I can't imagine that that's going to be detailed uh, that specifically um, in those in the different plans.
0: So, as all of this kind of concludes, and Michael comes back from his journey of trying to find his surprise, the day is wrapping up. Nothing really has been decided at all. And as people are getting ready to leave, they are waiting for Michael to come out of his office to just get some clarification on the situation. Mm -hmm. To which... Michael does his kind of dancing around it.
1: It's a painful scene to watch because he he sets it up. He does a drum roll. And then he's pretty much speechless. And he had been claiming um, how great of an improv actor he was prior to this. Right. And how he could go toe-to-toe with Robin Williams. And he really falters. And... And essentially, then the episode just ends.
0: Right. As people just kind of wander out.
1: Just one by one, they leave the office in disgust, knowing that there's no health care plan. Jan needed an answer by five. Knowing that there's no actual surprise for Michael. Jan needed a health care plan choice by 5 o'clock, so whatever Dwight had chosen is what will stick. And they know that essentially they have terrible insurance now and a coward of a boss.
0: <laughs> right. And so it is episodes like this one where... other episodes further in the show don't really make a whole lot of sense to me. How so? Well, we'll get there, but episodes in which people are supposed to be empathetic for Michael or feel good for Michael or happy for Michael, no way.
1: Yeah. Like, people have essentially a short short memory as it relates to Michael, I guess. You could say that's a good point. Yeah.
0: So now we will head back to the annex with Antoinette for some fun facts and Easter eggs. Okay. So, Antoinette, do you have any fun facts or things to special things to share about this show, this episode?
1: I don't have any particular fun facts, I would say, um, about this one in particular. I would say I noticed that we're getting more of the dynamic between the three people in accounting um, that's coming out in this episode, uh, particularly between... Angela and Oscar, and -hmm. just how they operate as a trio. Um, One thing that always is interesting to me is the conference room. Last episode, there were chairs set up in the conference room for their meeting with Mr. Brown. Today, there was just the the large table that Dwight worked at um, for his workspace. And sometimes the conference room locks from the inside, and sometimes it locks from the outside, uh, depending on what the situation calls for within the show, which I think is really funny and interesting. There's not any continuity uh, to this conference room at all.
0: And that comes up this episode when Jim locks Dwight inside his own workspace.
1: Yes. And you see as well, you know, we saw in episode one that Jim did the jello prank with the stapler. Um, and you see here that Pam sometimes gets in on his pranks. So Dwight tries to call Jim to let him out of the conference room, and Pam calls Jim instead, and so Dwight's on call waiting. Um, so sometimes Pam gets involved in uh, in Jim's pranks and his antics, especially with Dwight. And sometimes it really is just a just a Jim thing.
0: Right. So in this episode. Only one person got fired.
1: Yeah, light on firings today, um, which I guess is good. We've had a lot in the first two. Sure.
0: And it was Dwight. This is his first firing. Um, Antoinette, do you have a Dundee to give out for this episode? I don't think so. You don't have to. I do.
1: Um, yes. Yes, the Dundee for. The Dundee for least knowledgeable about the female body goes to Dwight Schrute. Um, this also mm-hmm. comes up again in subsequent episodes. And the situation in which this arises is he's reading off the list of uh, ailments that people may want covered. And at first, he says, inverted penis. No one raises their hand. And Meredith says, Are you sure you don't mean inverted vagina? Because if you do, I want that covered. And Dwight's response is, I thought your vagina was removed during your hysterectomy. And it's really shocking to me, he's a farmer. He grew up on a farm that he has such little knowledge about anatomy.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess I assume that farm animals might have a different anatomy than human beings, but that is pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a Dundee, Curtis?
0: I do. Um, My Dundee goes to... I do. I am going to give the best improv Dundee to Michael because if you can just stand there and eventually just have people be like give up on you and, and walk away and not talk to you and have to avoid any consequences for your actions, that's pretty good. It, it's a pretty good job.
1: That's true. That is, that's hilarious, especially because Michael fancies himself to be this just amazing comedian and, and superb improv uh, master. So another, another running thread, I would say too, (laughs) in the series. Um, The only other thing I would say that um, we sort of see come up again is Dwight trying to go over Michael's head, uh, to Jan, one, and then two, Dwight trying to fire Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so that comes up and will be something that comes up particularly in season two. Actually, in all the seasons, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. Who is your employee of the month?
1: Oh, man. Not a lot of redeeming employees uh, in this episode, I would say, and we don't see a lot of actual work happening, I guess it would almost have to be Jim for refusing to do a task uh, that isn't his to do so that he can focus on sales. Okay. Do you have an employee of the month? Mine.
0: I'm going to give to Stanley (laughs) for, A, calling Michael out that the ice cream sandwiches
1: We're were, were not
0: the surprise. And... B, for calling Michael out again when, at the end of the episode, when Michael's like, what do you guys think? I'm going to ask you what you guys think it is. And Stanley's (laughs) like, we all think that you don't have anything. Which, of course, was true.
1: That was the case.
0: So that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with the... next week to cover Episode 4. Bye!